0: If you were watching the Super Bowl on Sunday, you might remember the ad from General Motors.
1: Did you know that Norway sells way more electric cars per capita than the U.S.? The message? With GM's new Ultium battery, we're gonna crush those losers. Crush them! Let's go, America.
0: The ad was all about electric vehicles. For more than a century, GM has been known for its gas-guzzling models, like the Hummer, the Suburban, the Corvette. But now it's looking to change that. Last month, GM said that by 2035, it wants to phase out all of its gas-powered cars and trucks and instead have only electric vehicles.
1: This is a huge bet that the company's making on a technology that right now has delivered nothing to their bottom line. There's a lot of skepticism about whether or not GM can pull this off.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, February 9th. Coming up on the show, how GM decided to go all in on electric vehicles. Our colleague Mike Kalias covers GM, and he says the company's shift toward electric vehicles began around five years ago when the company started feeling the heat from an upstart competitor, Tesla.
1: So Tesla had been around for a few years, but Detroit executives weren't really taking the company all that seriously. But Tesla started selling a lot of cars, and it was a stylish vehicle. It had a huge performance element to it, which a lot of people didn't really think about when they thought about electric cars. But, you know, there was these Teslas that came out and would go zero to 60 in, in three seconds, and you know, f- faster than a Corvette, and that really got people's attention. And alongside of that, you see Tesla's valuation rising. You see investor interest in these areas like autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles.
0: This was frustrating for GM. Tesla was grabbing all the investor attention, but it wasn't making any money. Meanwhile, GM was making loads of money, but it wasn't getting any attention.
1: In every quarter, GM would beat the Wall Street estimates by 20 or 30 cents. I mean, record profits from pickup trucks and SUVs just blowout quarters. And you would see the stock price go up a little bit in the morning. And then by the end of the day, it was, it was negative. And, the, and executives were just exasperated. And it, and it wasn't just one or two years. It was year after year.
0: And Tesla wasn't the only new competitor GM had to worry about.
1: You could really kind of look at it as all of Silicon Valley's biggest players are descending on the auto space. Google's Waymo division is considered the leader in driverless cars. Also around that same time, you had Apple and and Google's Android coming into the cars. Amazon has Alexa in the car now, and General Motors and the other traditional car makers have to figure out how to stay relevant in that landscape.
0: For GM, this was a scary situation. It had already tried to make electric cars, but sales had never taken off.
1: If you go back to the 90s, they came out with a car called the EV1. The EV1 cars leaving this plant today are the symbolic link between all of the technology advances of the past hundred years and all the possibilities that lie ahead in the next hundred years. It was this kind of futuristic looking, a bit dumpy looking, fully battery powered car. They made, made it in the hundreds, maybe a little bit more than a thousand.
0: It became a movie?
1: Yeah, interestingly, that spawned the documentary Who Killed the Electric Car?
0: Today, there is a feeling of loss as we unplug the EV1.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the irony, is that they were kind of out front with trying to make an electric car, and then they killed it.
0: After the EV1, GM tried again and again to launch other electric and hybrid cars, like the Volt and then the Bolt. But none of these sold as well as Tesla's. GM knew that it would need a fresh approach to compete with Tesla. So in 2015, a year before the launch of the Bolt, CEO Mary Barra took her team to Silicon Valley.
1: She's a Stanford MBA. She's spent a lot of time out in Silicon Valley. She's interested in the culture. She talks to business leaders out there. And she took her senior leadership team. They spent a week out there. They set up shop at... Kleiner Perkins, a VC firm. They went and met with Google executives. They sat down with Tim Cook for an hour or two. And one executive described to me, the discussions were all around disruption. The GM team was there from Detroit trying to figure out what it was like to not only disrupt entire markets, but to disrupt themselves as companies. You know, Apple was a completely different company than it was 15 or 20 years ago. And so they wanted insight into that.
0: Just the way Apple had dreamed up the iPhone and transformed its business, Barra wanted to know what GM could do to transform its
1: business. After that trip, they came back and Mary Barra set up meetings where she made it clear that we're going to run a different kind of company, it's going to, and it's going to be uncomfortable for some people. You know, she kicked off this idea of disruption. That's when she started saying, you know, we're disrupting ourselves.
0: So after that trip, how did GM's strategy change? What did GM do to disrupt itself?
1: The realization, I think, was dawning on everybody that if we're really going to bet on these future technologies, electric vehicles, autonomous cars, they're not going to profit on these things for years. And so where is that capital gonna come from? Barra and
0: her team took a look at GM's sprawling global operation and identified entire markets where they could save money.
1: She began, and they had already started this, but she really accelerated sort of shutting down low margin and, and unprofitable business lines, the biggest of which being their European business. They sold in 2017, which at the time was unheard of for a major car company to not play in that significant market. And I think the signal was that's, you know, that's sort of old world thinking that we have to be in all these markets. We need this capital. We never made money in Europe anyway. We need this capital to fund the future.
0: That future was electric. And with Silicon Valley on its heels, GM had a long way to go. Because while GM was one of the biggest car makers in the world, Only 2% of its sales came from electric vehicles.
1: It became clear to GM they needed to show the world that they were serious about playing in the future and not becoming an obsolete hardware maker. That's the big existential question that every auto executive has been grappling with and still is.
0: And about a year ago, GM unveiled its answer to that existential question. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Tap the banner to learn more. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash rich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Last March, GM hosted a big event at its engineering center outside Detroit, known as the Design Dome.
1: This is days before society shuts down from the coronavirus, and GM had been billing its EV Day. Well, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for an in-depth look at our electric vehicle technologies and upcoming products. And they invited analysts and dealers from all over the country to come to this design dome and check out all their new models. So now, let's turn to why we are here today. We will demonstrate our EV capabilities and our holistic- We walked in, and on this day, it was actual in-the-flesh vehicles everything from giant pickup trucks and SUVs to these sporty Cadillac models to a sort of mundane Buick SUV these weren't early prototypes they were
0: fully designed cars and they were all electric
1: and i mean you have to understand in the car business car companies do not sh- they don't talk about future products they don't show you anything And for them to show what's coming three or four years away was just completely unheard of. I think it was a real sign that Mary Barra and her team wanted so badly to let people know that they were all in on EVs.
0: Since then, GM has committed billions of dollars to its electric program and is targeting sales of about one million electric vehicles in five years. But Tesla already has a huge lead on GM. It sold half a million vehicles last year, and it's worth more than 10 times what GM is. So last month, GM doubled down and said it wants to phase out all of its gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Why put a date on it, 2035?
1: Mary Barra and her team feel like If we set a date out there, it can create some momentum. They're the biggest car company in the country, one of the biggest in the world. If they make clear what their intent is, it could help with some of those elements that they can't control, like the build out of infrastructure, like charging stations, like federal support. You know, GM has talked a lot about EVs for a lot of years, about the importance of federal support for electric vehicles.
0: And how did this announcement go over with investors?
1: Listen, I think a lot of people saw it as some virtue signaling and some attempt at, you know, lifting the stock price. I mean, it's, it's clear in, in recent months that the one thing that investors seem to pay attention to is news around electric vehicles. At the same time, given what we know about what GM's spending on its electric program, And the models it has planned and the strategy it's put together, you know, there's real intent here. Um, Whether or not there was a PR element to it, you know, I think there's a lot of people that feel like there was.
0: But getting it done will require major changes for GM and for its roughly 50,000 U.S. factory workers.
1: Electrics take a lot less manpower to put together. 30 percent fewer people. You don't need as many people to screw together an electric car. You know, roughly half of GM's factories around the world are there to make gas engines and transmissions. So these are big questions that a company like GM is going to have to grapple with. What to do with this factory space? What to do with the workforce? Are dealers going to embrace these products? Because, oh, by the way, they also break down less and need less maintenance and dealers make a lot of money on those things. So not all dealers are that excited about this transition. And what about consumers? Consumers are buying Teslas, and you're starting to see, after years of of talk from the big car companies, you're starting to see more models come out. I think 2021 is gonna be a year where we see a good handful of electric vehicles from major automakers hit the market. The ones we've seen so far, have made almost no dent in Tesla's giant lead in the U.S., some more success in places like China and Europe. But right now, it's a huge open question as to how accepting especially U.S. consumers are going to be of electric vehicles. So there's a lot of constituencies that need to kind of come along for the ride with GM. and those are going to be crucial to whether or not they can pull this off.
0: That's all for today, Tuesday, February 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Bobby Lord for music in today's show. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon.